Hello and welcome to the Zero to Finals podcast. My name is Tom and in this episode I'm going to be talking to you about bronchiectasis. And you can find written notes on this topic at zerotofinals.com slash bronchiectasis or in the respiratory section of the second edition of the Zero to Finals medicine book. So let's get straight into it. Bronchiectasis involves permanent dilation of the bronchi, which are the large airways that transport air to the lungs. Sputum collects and organisms grow in the wide tubes, which results in a chronic cough, continuous sputum production and recurrent infections. Bronchiectasis results from damage to the airways. Potential causes of this damage include idiopathic, meaning no apparent cause, pneumonia, whooping cough or pertussis, tuberculosis, alpha-1 antitrypsin deficiency, connective tissue disorders, for example rheumatoid arthritis, cystic fibrosis and a condition called yellow nail syndrome. A tom tip for you, yellow nail syndrome is characterised by yellow fingernails bronchiectasis and lymphedema. Patients are stable and they have good clinical signs which makes it a good choice for OSCEs. As yellow nail syndrome is rare, examiners will score high marks if you can combine these features and name the diagnosis. Let's go through the symptoms. The key presenting symptoms of bronchiectasis are shortness of breath, a chronic productive cough producing lots of sputum, recurrent chest infections, and weight loss. Let's go through the signs. The signs of bronchiectasis on examination include a sputum pot by the bedside, oxygen therapy if needed, weight loss which will make the patient look cachexic, finger clubbing, signs of core pulmonale, for example a raised JVP or jugular venous pressure, and peripheral edema, scattered crackles throughout the chest that change or clear when you ask the patient to cough and scattered wheezes and squeaks heard throughout the chest. Next let's talk about the investigations. A sputum culture is used to identify colonising and infective organisms. The most common infective organisms to remember are Haemophilus influenza and Pseudomonas aeruginosa. Chest x-ray findings include tram track opacities which are parallel markings which represent a side view of the dilated airway and ring shadows which are dilated airways that are seen end-on as though you're looking end-on at the tube. A high-resolution CT or HRCT is the test of choice for establishing the diagnosis of bronchiectasis. Next let's talk about management. The general management of bronchiectasis involves vaccines, for example the pneumococcal and influenza vaccine, respiratory physiotherapy to help clear the sputum that collects, pulmonary rehabilitation to strengthen the lungs and the muscles around the lungs, long-term antibiotics, for example azithromycin, for frequent exacerbations, for example three or more exacerbations per year, Inhaled colistin, which is an antibiotic and used for Pseudomonas aeruginosa colonization, 
long-acting bronchodilators may be considered for breathlessness. Long-term oxygen therapy in patients with reduced oxygen saturation. Surgical lung resection may be considered for specific areas of disease to take away the diseased lung and help the healthy lung to work better. And lung transplant is an option for end-stage disease. Infective exacerbations require sputum culture before starting antibiotics. Extended courses of antibiotics, usually 7 to 14 days. And ciprofloxacin is the usual choice for exacerbations caused by Pseudomonas aeruginosa. A tom tip for you, the key features to remember for bronchiectasis are finger clubbing, the diagnosis by high-resolution CT scan, pseudomonas colonization, and extended courses of 7 to 14 days of antibiotics for exacerbations. So thanks for listening to this episode on bronchiectasis. As always, a big thank you to Harry Watchman for perfectly editing the podcast, and I hope you join us for the next episode where we'll move on to rheumatology and cover osteoarthritis.